Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know, I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. On this episode, we have a budget rescue with Robert who asks, why am I never left with any money each week? Stay tuned for all the details. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back to the show. It is so, so good to have you here. Today's episode is something a little bit new. It's a budget rescue, and it's featuring a question from Robert. Robert says, Hi, Shauna. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question. 
By the way, I love the new name of the show. This is one of the only places I feel like we can listen to all different types of conversations about money, and you always surprise me with the topics. It's so cool. I'm writing to see if you would give me some insights into my monthly budget. Here's my snapshot. I make around $5,000 a month and have a fairly stable job, at least I think so. My spending breaks down somewhat this way. Rent, I have about $1,950, car payment $350, student loans $300 once the student loan pause stops in August. Credit cards, I owe $6,300 on two cards and pay $250 on one, $275 on another. I know I need to get rid of this debt. Groceries, I spend approximately $100 a week or $400 a month. Eating out, sigh, I eat out a lot. I spend on average around $500. Household items, $150. Dog care, approximately $125 a month. Clothes shopping, $150 a month on average. Utilities, $250 a month. Car insurance, $165 a month. And my AT&T cell phone, about $127 a month. I know I should have around $350 to $500 a month left over, but the problem is, is I don't each month, and I can't figure out why. You're so super good at helping people with their budgets, so I was wondering if you could give me some pointers and thoughts on what I might be missing or not including here. I'd like to be able to save some money for my emergency fund every month and put some into a travel savings account. Thanks again for the show. It has helped me so much. Robert? What a great question. Thanks so much for sending it my way. In fact, again, we're working on this new series on the pod called Budget Rescue, where I help you and everyone listening tackle their budget issues on upcoming episodes. So you get to lead the pack. And thanks for being so, so brave in sharing all of your numbers. I know that it can be a little bit intimidating, but if we can't talk about money on a money show, then where can we talk about money? So My goal with this show is always to bring conversations and topics and ideas and to have it be a place where you feel welcome, where you feel like you aren't judged, but you're just given some good pointers, advice, tips, things to think about, and then you can choose what works for you to actually put them into your life. So if you're interested in having your own budget featured in an upcoming episode, you can head right to the show notes. There's a simple form to fill out. Or you can go to bit.ly slash budget rescue. I'll have more on that later. So a couple of things, Robert. I have worked with somewhere around over 200 individuals and couples with this very thing. Figuring out why they aren't able to hit their money goals, save money, pay off debt, afford to buy a house, whatever money goal it is, you name it. I've come in to essentially rescue them to help them figure out what the issue is. So I've seen just about everything when it comes to money flow, and I've got some tricks up my sleeve, some thoughts, some ideas, just based off your numbers and based off your question. Now, I will say the difficult part is that I don't see everything. So if I was sitting down to you with you across the table and we were doing, let's say, like a formal budget rescue... I would be diving into your number. So I'd be looking at your bank account or your credit cards or whatever mechanism you use to pay for your life every month. And I would be going back through those looking for different patterns, looking for puzzle pieces, if you will, because that's really how I think about it. I think about 
let's dissect all of your numbers. And then let's try to put them back together in a puzzle in a format that actually makes sense. And that helps you move closer to your goals versus far away. And you're so not alone. There are so many people I've done this myself, where uh, I call it the dip and save method. So you might move some money over to your savings account. And then every month when you think you're supposed to be left with a certain amount of money and you aren't, you dip back into your savings and move it back over. So it isn't actually savings, right? Because you're just sort of moving the money from one pocket to the next. And I want to help you avoid that scenario as much as possible. But I want you to know that it's super common. This happens all the time. This is human nature that we're dealing with here. And so there are a lot of different variables for us to talk about. So we, before we jump into some, some strategies, I want you to know that the reason I'm calling this series Budget Rescue is that I firmly believe that we all need to be rescued, like really, really rescued from traditional budgeting because it doesn't work. It wasn't set up to work. All right. So if it's not working for you, you are not alone. There's a good reason. We all pretty much universally hate the word budgeting. It elicits very strong emotions. We don't know how to do it. We think it's a chore. And for most of us, me including, it feels way too constricting. So often people tell me that budgeting just feels like a laundry list of things that I can't do. And for that reason, I don't want to do it because there are so many things in my life that I want to do, places I want to go, things I want to spend money on, and I don't want to feel judged and I don't want to judge myself. And it's crazy how this document, this idea of whether it's a spreadsheet or an app you're using, whatever it is, how it makes you feel internally. I'll talk about that in just a second. So instead, I like to just flip this all on its side and think about creating what I call a cash flow plan. And I, the easiest way to describe this is to think of a stream. All right, so I want you to just close your eyes and, and picture a stream. And that stream has rocks, it has different size rocks, and maybe the banks kind of come in at a time and then maybe they go out. And so the stream just flows around the rocks and the dip. Your cash needs to do the same, where you're essentially like the captain of your cash stream, if you will. So you're sending your money where you want it to go, rather than just letting it kind of bob and weave without direction. So here is your permission slip, Robert, and everyone listening to Throw out the traditional way of budgeting because I'm going to tell you as a money expert, as someone who has sat across the table from so many people trying to figure this out, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> so the fact that you've maybe been struggling with it is only a sign that you're human, that you're like the rest of us, and that it's okay. So the first thing I want to bring up is the behavioral side of money. It's not maybe as sexy but it's a place we need to stop and think about. I know this may be hard to do, but I, I want you to spend even just a few minutes and think about your days and ask yourself some questions. Do you notice certain times of the day when you spend more money than others? 
outside of just paying your bills. Let me give you an example. It's easy to spend money when you feel stressed or frustrated or you want to blow off steam or you just want to say F it with life. And I I know because I do this a lot myself. This is just human nature, even though I try to avoid it. Our minds are so incredibly powerful when it comes to our money, especially if we're talking about something like budgeting, which is something we already inherently don't like to do. So it's it's we're set up to fail pretty much out of the gate. And that's the reason why this happens, Robert. That's the reason why you have this pattern where you think you're supposed to be left with a certain amount of money every month and you don't. So figuring out some triggers, they might help you at least be able to curb some emotional spending. It's just food for thought. So I like to think about it as taking a pause, taking a break. So I got a new puppy. Uh, She's now four and a half months old. Her name is Winnie. She is a golden mountain doodle, like the cutest puppy you've ever seen. (laughs) She's black and white and her paws are white and her tail tip is white. She's black, but it looks like she's got a little tuxedo on. And uh, Winnie is learning all of these things, right? She's learning all the commands. She's adventuring. We're finally starting to walk on a leash. Well, Winnie had an incident a couple months ago where uh, two very, very large poodles who were on a leash, but the owners weren't holding their leash. They came out and they came full force at Winnie. And myself and my husband, Jeff, we kind of got in the way. And I actually got scared too, because the poodles were very big. (laughs) And they were coming after me and Winnie was screaming and Jeff picked up Winnie and she bit his hand, but she didn't mean to. She was just so scared, right? And ever since then, Winnie has been afraid on walks. If she hears other dogs bark, she just doesn't know what to do because this experience got kind of lodged in her brain. So I bring this up for a couple of reasons. One, I bring this up for if you've tried budgeting and maybe you had an experience like, just go with me here, like the poodles, right? So you thought that you were going to be left with a certain amount of money, you weren't. So it sort of felt like an outside force was attacking you and you didn't know what to do. So you got kind of scared of the process. You didn't want it to try it again. When you did, you had this fear response in you. And so before you know it, you're just like throwing your budget out the window. You're just chucking out the window. You don't care. You're not paying attention to where you're spending your money. It just, it's a frustrating process. So then in turn, you're frustrated with your money and just the whole thing creates this like cascade of emotion, right? But then also with Winnie, what we're learning now with trainers is when we take her on walks, We need to go low and slow. We need to take our time. And when we notice that she's getting a bit amped and animated, or maybe there's a lot going on, we come to her and we say, okay, Winnie, sit, take a breath, notice what's going on, all right? Like kind of regroup yourself. So that's what I'm suggesting when I'm saying the emotional side of money, the emotional spending with money is taking a few moments to pause, especially when you know you're spending money on something that is a little bit out of the ordinary and kind of assessing what's going on. Am I stressed? Am I angry? Am I upset at something? 
Like what's going on that makes me want to really spend this money? Now that's not a judgment involved. There's no judgment there. There's just this awareness that you're creating with yourself, right? You can still, of course, spend the money, but you're starting to make these pathways in your brain that's encouraging you to take a step back, to take a breather. So my secret is this, your emotions drive your behaviors with money. Your behaviors then drive your success. So we have to back the truck up pretty far if we're talking about something like budgeting. We have to back the truck up pretty far to understand how your emotions are going to drive your behaviors with your money and then how those behaviors then determine your success. All right, you, you there with me? I know it's, it's a little tricky concept, but I just want you to have this in your brain and think about it just a little bit. Just give me like a 30 second think. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. So my question to you, Robert, is have you done my money tracking exercise yet? I'm going to have an entire episode about that coming up soon, but here's the gist of it. So you need to look at how you spent your money for an entire month and categorize that spending, right? So everything has a place. So you know exactly where your money is going. This is the only way to see exactly where your money is going. I like to think of it as you're creating kind of this GPS system for your money. So the numbers, they can't lie. They can't lie to you. They are truth. That is what actually happened. And even though this might feel hard, it's part of the process of charting a better course with your money. So there are a couple of easy, easy, easy ways you could do this. You could print off your bank statements, grab some highlighters, and start just placing everything in a category. And then you can add up those individual categories so you can have an idea. Okay, I spent this much eating out. I spent this much shopping. I spent this much on gas, whatever it might be. Now, of course, right now we're all spending a lot of money on gas. It's quite painful. But uh, you get my idea. 
with this. Or you can use an app. Like some of my favorites are Monarch. I really like Monarch. Mint, You Need a Budget, or any other budgeting app where you can check out how your money is categorized. There are even some banks, I know my bank does this, where it will automatically categorize your spending each month. So you can get that overall picture. My gut feeling is that you probably have left off some expenses for what you were explaining to me. So I want you to do this only for 30 days, just to get a feel of where your money is currently going. All right, you're not going to do this process forever. This is just a temporary, uh, I hate to even call it assignment, but it's a temporary uh, system that you're going to do for, for just 30 days. So from there, you can actually create a cash flow plan that is proactive rather than reactive. So the traditional way of budgeting is very uh, reactive. It's not proactive, right? So you would, let's say you'd pick a month. Uh, I'm just going to pick July because that's my birthday month. You'd pick July. You create your budget for July before July. You'd go through the month. And at the end of the month, you're supposed to be left with a certain amount of money. Robert, you said 350 to 500. You get to the end of the month. You're not left with that money. And then you go, this process sucks. I don't like this. I'm not doing this. This makes me feel bad. And you don't continue with it. Maybe you pick it up from time to time here and there, but more or less you just stop doing this process. This is how budgeting traditionally works. This is why it doesn't work. <laughs> you see the error? It just doesn't work. And it's not an accurate representation of where your money is actually going. That's the problem. We need to actually see where your money's going. So you gave me a lot of approximations in your numbers, and that is understandable, but we need to get down to the nitty gritty before we can be more proactive with our money. So for example, most people leave out things like Uber Lyft rides, ATM fees, small coffee and takeout meals, payments to things like Afterpay or Klarna when you have those uh, pay over time, the buy now, pay later apps, maybe cash that you take out of the ATM, uh, things like drinks out with friends. So it's really easy to leave off a lot of these expenses. Don't get frustrated with yourself if you have. This is where the cash tracking exercise really comes into play. Another thought is, it's, again, it's easy to guesstimate how much you spend uh, eating out without really knowing. This is a category where most all of us share a commonality of overspending because we love to eat out, even in the pandemic times. It doesn't matter. We love to get food. So I was working with a couple a couple of years ago, and this is a powerful example. They thought that they were spending about $500 eating out because that's what they put on their budget. But when they did this cash tracking exercise, they were spending on average, are you ready for this? <laughs> they were spending about $1,500 to $2,000 a month. That was the reality. What they thought was $500. So obviously there is a very large discrepancy there. This is crazy, I know, but when you see this is the power of your mind, you can convince yourself into or out of anything when it comes to your money. This goes back to our emotions, right? The trigger to our behaviors. So you're starting to see where uh, this uh, secret that I talk about, where this starts playing out. 
So once you, Robert, once you identify these spots where either you've left off expenses or maybe you're overspending, right? So you've done the cash tracking and you thought, I was only going to spend 500 on eating out, but yikes, I'm actually spending 750 or 1000 or whatever it is, right? Then you have two choices. One, you can say, okay, I'm fine with that. Now I know. That's how much I spend eating out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to plan now to spend that money. And I'm going to create all of my other money to just work around that. Or you can say, I don't really like that. I want to figure out how I can cut back a bit so that I can direct more money to my goals. Your goals were you wanted to beef up your emergency fund and your travel fund. So what we need to do is we need to change our thinking about budgeting and we need to really look at it as an exercise of, I've got all these things I want to do with my money besides the bills that I just have to pay because there's probably not a lot I can do with the bills I just have to pay. But that excess money, that is the money I want to powerfully direct towards my goals. So if I'm being proactive and I know already what I'm spending on average, pretty good average because I've looked at my spending patterns, then I could start to get some feel for my money. Then I could start getting a feeling of like, uh, I think I'm going over budget on my eating this month. Am I okay with it? Or do I want to make a change? Right? This puts you back into that control position, right? You are controlling your money stream, if you will, rather than it just kind of getting clogged up. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for things like your credit card, Robert, you mentioned credit cards, you can do a couple of, of fairly simple things. You can call the credit card company, ask for an interest rate reduction. Then if you keep that same payment, but you lower your interest rate, you're actually going to pay those credit cards off faster. If you have a good credit score, maybe above 740, that's kind of the, um, the break point. You might be able to get a low interest or 0% interest credit card that you could roll over your balance into, make that same payment, and then you're paying off that debt very quickly. There are lots of different tricks like that. For things like cable, internet, your cell phone, 
I always suggest twice a year, call those companies and say, hey, I've been a longtime customer. This is the plan I'm on. Is there a better plan that is less expensive? Eight out of 10 times, the answer is yes. They move you to a less expensive plan and you end up saving money. So even if it's $25 a month or $10 a month or $50 a month, whatever that amount is, that is extra money that you can then automate to go somewhere. Either it's debt payoff or to go in your emergency fund or go in your travel fund. So you're not having to actually make more money every month. You're just redirecting the money you have. For car insurance, I would check out a recent episode we had Nicole back on and she shared how often you should be shopping around for car insurance. And it really blew my mind. She said about every six to 12 months, you should be shopping around to see if you can get a lower rate. And she said that oftentimes you could save somewhere between like 20 and 30%, which is crazy to me because uh, car insurance rates aren't cheap. So that could be a sizable amount of money. So again, we're not having to give anything up and our spending, Robert. We're just being creative and we're being proactive with our money. And then when we find these pots of extra money, we're saying, okay, let me send this here or let me send that there, right? For your household expenses, I want you to make sure that you detail what those are so you have a really firm grasp on your costs. And if you notice that uh, like maybe summer, your electric costs go up because you're running the air conditioner, then I want you to account for that in your cash spending plan. Or maybe you have a side little reserve fund and when you know, okay, it's the summer, my electric bill is going to be more expensive, I can just pull a little money over from my excess fund into kind of uh, my general account to just even flow things, right? So you're never getting in a situation where you're without a certain amount of money to pay those bills. And as for your spending, I, w- I will tell you this, Robert, and everyone who's listening, this is the personal side of personal finance. You have to be okay with your spending. I am not here to judge you at all, nor should anybody else in your life that you're not financially responsible for or have a financial relationship with. There shouldn't be any judgment. So it's it's really easy to feel embarrassed about certain things you spend money on, but I'm just going to beg you, don't, please. It's your life. And again, you have those choices because it's your money. You can decide how you want to spend it, but I want you to feel more in control of your money. I want you to feel like you can direct your money versus your money just kind of going all these places and you actually not feeling like you have any progress. So I do have some homework for you, Robert, okay? I want you to do a couple of things, five things for me, if you will. One, I want you to listen to the upcoming Money 101 episode where I'm talking about cash tracking. And I want you to start tracking your cash for at least one month. Again, this is going to give you a really clear snapshot of where your money is going. And it's going to give you some decision points for you to say, okay, this is how much I'm spending eating out. I'm okay with it. Or no, I want to make a change. This is how much I'm spending on my utilities or my shopping. Or, oh, look, I forgot to include these certain expenses that I do every single month. Or maybe you notice, oh, it was an odd month. Like something came up, my car needed to be serviced more. I needed to take my dog to the vet. It was 
unplanned. Okay, these are the things that I will then have to dip into my emergency fund to cover, right? But you get this real baseline. Number two, I want you to look for ways that you can save money on certain current expenses you have without cutting them all together. Like I mentioned, calling your cell phone company, calling your internet company, maybe calling your credit card company and looking for an interest rate reduction. Can we find extra little bits of money that then we can deposit into your emergency fund and your travel fund or even into your debt payoff fund, whatever feels best for you? Number three, I want to ask yourself this question. Am I okay with this expense or not? If no is your answer, you can do all sorts of things. You can cut something out entirely if it isn't a great option, or can you instead set some boundaries around it, right? This is where we come back to the behavioral part of money that is attached to our emotions. So for example, let's say you go with your friends out for drinks and it's where a lot of your money is going. Can you go from twice a week to once a week and instead put that excess money into your emergency fund or travel fund? Like what feels comfortable for you? Or maybe you still go out twice a week, but maybe you say, I'm only going to get two beverages instead of three. Whatever feels authentically you, that's what I want you to start with. But I don't want you to feel deprived because depravity is the source of going back to emotional spending. So just Figure out what are some small, little, tiny changes that you can make that are going to make a big impact over time. Number four, when you get maybe like a pay raise or a bonus at work or even a tax refund, see if you can adopt a 50-50 split or again, whatever feels right for you. So maybe half of that money goes to your goals and the other half maybe goes to having fun doing something fun because reward is a huge part of our money success, even something really, really small. Everybody loves reward. So see if you can find some sort of balance. And lastly, once you understand this baseline for your expenses, the beauty is you can automate almost everything to make sure you're saving each month, you're paying off debt, you're having fun, and you're taking care of the expenses that you have to pay. So money flows into your account, and then it automatically flows out in all of these different directions without you even having to think about it. That is how we strip out the emotional part of money, because we know our money is automatically going in all of these directions that we deem important to us. So this, my friend, Robert, this is your entry point to never having to budget again. (laughs) So again, I give you permission to just take that budget, to tear it up, to throw it out, because no matter how many times you try to bang your head on the wall, it's not going to work because it wasn't set up for your success. So I hope this episode was helpful. If you're listening again and you would like to be featured in an upcoming Budget Rescue episode, you can head to the show notes, complete the short form or head to bit.ly slash budget rescue. And I don't want you to worry. You don't have to disclose more information than you're comfy with. You can stay anonymous. You can give me your first name. You can give me as many details about your budget as you'd like or as little. The more information I have, the easier it is to help kind of guide you in that direction. 
I'm going to be having lots of great content coming up about Budget Rescue, some free downloadables to help you, and some exciting stuff coming. So I hope that you are as excited about this feature in the podcast as I am. If you love this episode, do me two favors. One, share it with a few friends right now who you think would also be interested in this Budget Rescue. And the second one, if you could head to whatever podcast player you're listening to this episode in right now and leave me an honest review for the show, I would greatly appreciate it. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. (laughs) 